Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. And when he called unto them his unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now this great passage of scripture is a problem passage that some of the Bible translators here and some of the other missionaries have probably had to deal with. Here's the problem. This exact same passage appears in three of the Gospels in which Jesus said, open your eyes, look at the harvest because the harvest is now ready to be reaped. So what's the what are the possibilities of interpreting this? Here's the problem. The problem is that in each of these passages, it appears in a different setting, in a different place, in a different context. You'll remember that in John's gospel, it appeared when Jesus was traveling with his disciples through the country of Samaria. In this, in this gospel, Matthew's gospel, it appears when he is in Judea, sending out the twelve. In Luke chapter 10, it appears when Jesus is sending out 70 of his disciples into, uh, into ministry. How can the same passage appear in three different settings? Well, there are two possibilities. One is the disciples remembered that Jesus said this but forgot when, it, when exactly it was. So each of the gospel writers just kind of stuck it in wherever it seemed convenient. The other possibility is this, that on a number of different occasions, Jesus said exactly the same thing. In fact, I believe that probably more than just three times, probably many times, Jesus said exactly the same thing to these disciples because he wanted it to sink in that there was an important message that had to be uh, considered every time they went into a new situation. Now, if Jesus were here this morning, which he is, is he not? But if Jesus were physically here, what would he say to us? I believe the first thing he would say is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he said everywhere he went. But the thing that he said to his disciples in many different situations, in many different settings, especially when he was getting ready to send them out into ministry. The thing that he always said was this. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and look. Because the harvest is ready. It's plentiful. It's abundant. And it's right here and right now. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest field. Now this is the goal of this message this morning. I'm, I've been praying that God would speak to all of you individually and each of you that by the power of his word and by the power of his spirit in your life and through this message, God will give you what Jesus intended for his disciples and that is what I would call harvest eyes. The ability to see the harvest. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, how did they respond? When Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, 
how did they respond? Well, in John chapter 4, they said, no, Jesus, you're wrong. You're mistaken. This is not harvest time. The harvest is some other time and some other place than now. But you know, disciples are always in trouble when they contradict Jesus. Jesus said, no, the harvest is now and the harvest is here. I'd like for us to look at this passage and see how it relates to your life and to mine as we go about the ministry that God has called us to. First of all, Jesus wants us to see that the harvest is right here and right now. It's wherever we go. The ability to see it is within us. Lots of people say to me, Oh man, I wish I could go to Africa with you where the Lord is really at work, where just thousands of people are coming to Christ every day, where you can go out in the markets and you can go out in the streets and people will uh, come up to you and ask about spiritual things. I wish I could go with you to Africa where the harvest is. And it's true, the Lord's at work. And it's a, it's a wonderful experience to be able to see large numbers of people coming to Christ. But I want to tell you something that, that you need to hear. And that is, the harvest is here. The harvest is now. It's not some other place. It's not some other time. It's here. The limitation to the harvest is your eyes. You need to be able to see it. Spiritual vision is the ability to look at what everybody else looks at and see what nobody else sees. It's the ability that God's Holy Spirit gives us to see the harvest where other people only see the limitations. Jesus wanted his disciples to have harvest eyes. The other day I uh, went up into northern Indiana with a couple friends of mine who are real estate developers. These guys have real estate eyes. And as we drove along the highway... They evaluated various pieces of property. And uh, what looked like a, a, a junk pile to me looked like a place for a shopping center to them. And as they drove along, they would evaluate different pieces of property. And I just listened and really was amazed at the ability these guys had to see potential where other people only saw problems. Well, that's what Jesus wants to develop in us in terms of people. He wants us to be able to look at the raw material and see the finished product. He wants us to be able to see what God could do when the harvest takes place in people's lives. Now, Jesus said to, to his disciples concerning one of their friends named Simon. He said, you are Simon. You shall be Peter, a rock. You know what I think the other disciples did when Jesus said that? I think they fell on the ground and laughed. They said, we know this guy. He is anything but a rock. But Jesus could look at that guy and see the potential for what God could do in him because Jesus had harvest eyes. Harvest eyes is the ability to look at the problems and see the potential. Harvest eyes is the ability to look at the neighborhood in which we live and see what God could do by the power of his word and his spirit as he works through us 
to make us the kind of neighbors and friends we ought to be. Harvest Eyes is the ability to look at our troubled world and not just see all the problems, but see the fact that God is building his church and we can have a part in that both here and throughout the world. Some time ago I was listening to uh, some tapes by a great Christian education professor named Howard Hendricks from Dallas Seminary. I've always enjoyed hearing this great professor and I always just assumed that he just kind of floated down from heaven fully developed. You know, I never visualized him as a little kid. But I came to one of the tapes and it said, Howard Hendricks' testimony. So I thought, oh, this should be interesting how uh, God discovered this great professor. So I put in the tape and I was listening as I was going along. And Howard Hendricks said, you know, he said, uh, I came from a broken home in the slums of Philadelphia. He said, I never saw my parents together except in the divorce court when they were fighting over which one had to take me. And he said, I was raised by my alcoholic grandfather. And he said, until I was in the seventh grade, not one person saw me as anything but a problem. And everybody hated to see me coming because I was such a nuisance. But he said, when I was in the seventh grade, God sent a man into my life. And his name was Walt. And Walt was a Sunday school teacher. And Walt had a different set of eyes. And he saw in me and in 13 other little kids the potential for being all that God wanted us to be. And he said, you know, today we all came from the same rough background. And he said, today all 14 of us are in full-time Christian ministry. And he said, I have a life-size picture in my office of all four, 14 of us sitting around Walt's uh, living room. Uh, when we were little kids, and here was a guy who, who saw in us the potential for reaching the world, 14 little slum kids from broken families, alcoholic parents, and yet Walt had harvest eyes. That's what Jesus wanted to build into his followers. He wanted them to be able to see in people, to look at the raw material, rough Un, undisciplined, unproven, and see in them the possibilities of the men and women who could shape and shake the world. One of my great heroes from church history is John Wesley in the 18th century of England, who was the founder of the great evangelical awakening out of which the Methodist church arose. John Wesley was a guy who had harvest eyes. There was a place in England called Kingswood near Bristol, which was the roughest slum in England. It was so rough that Parliament, Parliament had sent a, a delegation, had appointed a delegation to go in and study the conditions in Kingswood, but nobody would go there even though they were promised a military guard because it was so rotten. And among the hovels of, uh, of Kingswood, all these guys were coal miners. Among those hovels, John Wesley arrived. And in good, honest, English, understated fashion, he said, this is the most rotten place I have ever visited. But then he made this most wonderful statement. He said, this place is ripe 
for him who calls not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So he stood on a street corner in Kingswood at five o'clock in the morning, and he sang by himself Psalm 100. And he announced that a, that a service would be held that evening um, as the miners returned from work. So as they had never had any church service in Kingswood, so the miners gathered with their dirty faces. John Wesley began to preach, proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Tears ran down the faces of those miners, tears of repentance and faith. And in that place, the first roots of Methodism took place, took, took root in England. And out of that um, uh, terrible place, the evangelical awakening grew and spread all throughout England. Why? Because one man had harvest eyes. He had the ability to look at a mess and see the potential for what God could do. God wants you to have harvest eyes. The word of Jesus to you. As to his disciples when he spoke, as recorded in Matthew chapter 9, is this. Open your eyes, because the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. God wants you to see the harvest. The second thing I want, to see, want you to see from this passage is what the real problem is. When Jesus said to his disciples, look out, look out at all these people. They've got a great problem. The problem was not poverty. And the problem was not injustice. And the problem was not illiteracy or ignorance. The problem was not immorality. The problem was lostness. Jesus said, look at all these people. They are lost. They are wandering around confused and lost because they don't know the shepherd. And as we look out on our world today, we can identify many problems, but those problems are all, almost all symptoms of the greatest problem of all, which is the problem of lostness. The people of our world today are lost without a shepherd. And they need to know the goodness and the grace of God. All the other problems are symptoms of that central problem. Just a few weeks ago, I was traveling on a, a, a ferry across from the city of Freetown in Sierra Leone over to the airport. And it's about an hour and a half ride by ferry. And I was on the same boat with a number of Peace Corps and Canadian CETA volunteers. They were returning home after four or five years of work in that West African country. And I said, have you had a productive work here while you've been in Sierra Leone? And they kind of looked at each other and said, it's been real tough. And I said, have you seen any progress? And they said, well, we've all been in with an agricultural project trying to teach people new farming methods, and it just, it just hasn't really had much of an impact. I said, why? They said, well, these people just do not have the value system to be able to use modern technology. Their values are all messed up. One guy from Canada said, you know what they need here is uh, the good old-fashioned Protestant work ethic. 
Oh, I said, what you mean is they need to become Protestants, Protestant Christians. He said, oh, no, we can't get into that. That, you know, we can't get into religion. These people have their own religion already. I said, well, is their religion doing them any good? Well, he said, you know, we have anthropologists out here studying, and it's all very interesting. And I said, my question is, is their religion helping them? He said, no, in fact, their religion is what's keeping them from making any progress. And I said, let me tell you about my work. My work is to start with, with their values, and that is who, who they're following. You know, the problem the people in Sierra Leone is not that they don't have good technology. It's not that they don't have the ability to learn um, uh, the language and read and study. The basic problem is the basic problem in Orlando. And that is the people are lost without a shepherd. And it's only as they find the shepherd and, and come to know the goodness and the grace of God will all the technological advantages uh, make any sense and be of any value. Right here in your own city, you have so many advantages right at hand. The problem is... People do not have the sense of direction in their own lives to make those uh, technological and, and uh, other advantages make any sense. They need to know the shepherd. Jesus said, open your eyes. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. They're lost and they need to know the shepherd. The Bible tells us that the motivation out of which Jesus looked upon the crowds was one of compassion. Harvest eyes start with a broken heart as we, as we recognize the seriousness of the condition of people around us. It's so easy to look at our well-dressed neighbors in, with, their, um, with their nice cars and uh, mortgaged homes and all that and uh, not be concerned about how serious their condition is. But it's just as tragic for people to be lost in Orlando as it is for them to be lost in Mozambique. The lostness. Jesus looked at that lostness and was moved with compassion. The Bible tells us that when the Holy Spirit begins to work in people's lives, the first thing that happens, the first sure sign of God's work in their lives is a new vision. The prophet Joel said, Young men will dream dreams and old men will see, see visions. It doesn't mean hallucinations. It means a new way of looking at things, a new way of looking at people, and a recognition that God is at work and his harvest is coming true. One of my colleagues in the city of Nairobi, Kenya, is a wonderful lady named Rachel Oteri. Rachel had a job downtown in Nairobi, a good job that required her every day to commute down and down through the city and she rode on a bus and every day she got to a certain point in her um, in her bus trip downtown and she looked away because she couldn't bear to look at the mess in a place called Kenyago. Kenyago was a terrible slum that had grown up on public property along a dirty filthy creek where 50,000 people had moved in, built houses out of mud and sticks, and put 
bread wrappers and whatever they could to make um, to make a roof over their uh, shanties. And in that squalid place, it, such a stench arose out of Kenyago that the people on the bus would close the windows when they went by there. It was just a terrible place. But Rachel and her husband, William, were Christian people, and uh, the Lord was working in their lives. And they began, in, the Lord began working in Rachel to give her harvest eyes. So she began looking out the window, and she, she would go by every day. And where everybody else could see in Kenyago a, a wretched slum, a slum where the sewage ran down the middle of the street, where the children were covered with flies and bugs and they had every kind of disease, Rachel began to have a new vision. And she saw something that nobody else saw. She began to see the potential in the lives of the little kids. So she quit her job, got together a bunch of people in Kenyago, parents, a couple pastors that were on the outskirts of, of that village. And um, they formed a, a little committee called the Kenya Children's Fund. And they went down into Kenyago. She got a couple of volunteer nurses, some teachers, a couple of cooks, and they put together a little team and, and started a school. They started a school that just had mud and stick walls and uh, no electricity, no running water, but she used what she had where she was and prayed that the Lord would send her some children. And the children began to come. First a few, then a number. When they saw how much Rachel and the teachers loved them, soon they had 305 children. And um, in, that, in that school, Rachel found a beachhead for reaching the whole community of Kenyago. Now, out of that squalid slum village, now is coming a powerful ministry, bringing people to Christ, teaching them about nutrition, teaching them uh, the values, how to be good Kenya citizens, how to live productive and, and uh, helpful lives. And every day, the sounds of singing come from the little school in Kenyago. Why? Not because uh, the government instituted a project, but because a Christian lady had harvest eyes. She could see the harvest that Jesus was telling them about. Lift up your eyes to the harvest. It's here. It's now. And God wants to demonstrate his power through you as he builds into you harvest eyes. Let me just finish by saying this. What is God's purpose in opening our eyes to the harvest? Well, many people feel that God is calling them to, to be missionaries and they've got to go to some part of the world because if they don't go, God's work won't get done. Well, let me just relieve you of that burden. Uh, God is going to do his will and accomplish his work whether you're there or not. Uh, his mission is not dependent on you. When, when Jesus told his disciples that the harvest was plenteous, they needed to see it, they needed to be involved in it, his concern was not only for the sheep that were lost, his concern was for the, 
for the disciples. His objective was to build his character into those who followed him. He wanted them to be able to grow and mature. And it was a part of their growth that, um, that he was concerned about. So that opening their eyes and seeing the harvest was the first step in building into their lives new character, new depth of spiritual life. Now, I want to say something gingerly here and carefully. I appreciate Joel Hunter's preaching. I know how he preaches. And I know the practicality of his teaching. I appreciate Vernon's music. I love to hear him sing. Do you know, there's a certain level of spiritual maturity that you can reach by listening to good preaching, by participating in good singing, by coming to corporate worship, and those things are great. But that's a fairly low level of maturity that you cannot pass until you take the step of getting involved in the lives of other people, whether here or cross-culturally or in other parts of the world. There's a certain level, depth, of spiritual understanding that you cannot attain just by sitting there or even by having your own personal worship at home. By prayer and, and, and singing and uh, listening to good tapes and, and all of that, those are all wonderful things, but they're, they're low-level steps that are on the way to a higher level of getting into uh, what God, where God wants you to be. In our, one of our churches in Kenya, a very wise pastor has sent his people out to establish new churches. And basically what he did was he just said, all right, now you two guys go and start a church down in this area and you two go over here and start a church. And if you have any questions, come next Saturday and we'll answer those questions. And people thought, man, that is radical. I mean, how can you just take a few immature believers and start churches? Well, that's what Jesus did. How would you like to start with the bunch that Jesus started with? But he took Thomas, the doubter, and, and loudmouth Simon Peter. And he said, all right, you guys go into all the world and make disciples. And I'll be with you. And his concern was that they become powerful people because they had the ability to try out God's power and God's word in difficult situations. From the very beginning, Jesus took people out of their comfortable rut and into new settings where they would have to try the truth and the power of God's word. And it was because he was concerned about building into them the power of God's kingdom, spiritual maturity, the character of Jesus, that he wanted them to have harvest eyes. One of my greatest, uh, one of my favorite passages from the Old Testament comes from the prophet Elisha. You know, he had a servant who was always getting into trouble. When Elisha healed Naaman, and uh, Elisha told Naaman, now I'm not going to take anything for healing you. You just go back to your country. And the servant went after him and said, look, uh, we can work out some kind of deal here uh, don't, uh, don't listen to Elisha. Maybe, maybe you could help me a little bit. This same servant one day went out on the, um, on the uh, walls of the city and looked out. 
and he realized that they were surrounded by hostile troops and that they were surely going to be destroyed. And he came rushing back into Elisha and he said, hey, this is a desperate situation. We're going to be destroyed. Come out here and see what's going on. Elisha went out. He looked at exactly the same situation. He saw the enemy troops, but he also had eyes to see something that his servant could not see. He looked beyond the hostile enemy and he could see the forces of the armies of God, the power of God. Then he prayed this most wonderful prayer for that servant, which is my prayer for you today. He said, Lord, open his eyes. My prayer for you today is this, that the Lord of the harvest would open your eyes to see that the harvest is here, that God is calling you to be involved in the lives of people, to see his power and his truth applied. And in the process, he wants to build into you the character of Jesus as you are involved in his harvest. Shall we bow in prayer? Our Father, we thank you for the grace that has established this great church in this great city. And I pray that you will help the folks who are here today, each one individually, to see the harvest that Jesus has told us about. Help us to open our eyes and see that the harvest is here and now and that people are ready to respond, to find in you a shepherd. Build in us a compassion that looks beyond the comfortable rut in which we have, uh, have been living and reaches out beyond that to find opportunity to serve. Open our eyes to the harvest and may Jesus build in us his character and the depth of maturity that can make a difference in the world in which we live. For we pray in the strong name of the one who called us and open our eyes to the harvest. Amen. Would you stand with me <clears throat> as we sing together in closing a cappella? Or we got Rick, great. You're my brother, you're my sister, so take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side.